If you want to radically transform your life and take your health to the next level, click on my Breath is Life course below. This will optimize your breath as well as your meditation. And I'll see you after the video. Hey guys, Troy Casey, Certified Health Nut here in Santa Monica, California. And in an effort to bring you guys, you know, powerful, enlightening information, um, different perspectives. Obviously, my bag is, is health and consciousness, so anything underneath the sun of consciousness, we talk about here on uh, Certified Health Knot. And so I wanted to bring Malik Yoba on. Um, he's got a unique perspective. He's grown up in uh, New York City. Uh, he's a leader in the black community. Uh, he's a successful actor, which is a huge feat within itself. Uh, and then from there, a successful businessman, and uh, uh, he helps uh, at-risk youth. As far as I know, he introduced me to my friend Arjuna in South Central, um, and uh, I've connected with him uh, on, on that project, as well as I know he's got to get off this recording and talk to a bunch of youth as well. So uh, we don't hang out very much. Uh, we don't know each other very much, but I wanted to bring this leader and this voice onto my platform and just hear his perspective uh, and as two men moving forward uh, with civilization and humanity. My mission is to raise human consciousness and change all systems. My vision is clean air, water, soil, and equitable systems for all of mankind in my lifetime. My solutions for humanity are free energy, evolving past oil and the petrodollar, gift economy, Ubuntu is the word in the Zulu nation uh, from South Africa. It means contributionism, permaculture, and self-care education. When we know how to take care of ourselves, we automatically take care of the local environment uh, we are around. So without further ado, uh, Malik, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, my mother's sitting right over there. She taught me not to talk with my mouth full. <laughs> All right. Um, well, that's, that's great. That's a great intro, bro. Um, you are that guy. We met at a party in, uh, I don't know where, was it where, Beverly Hills or something? Mm-hmm. And, you know, just struck up a conversation and just vibed. There's two men talking about, you know, similar things. Um, consciousness. Because without consciousness, we're unconscious. And there's a lot of unconsciousness in the world. People are moving about, not really thinking deep thoughts beyond, you know, it's like survival, right? Well, I like but to say- Hierarchy of needs, right? People are like vibrating on, on pretty low frequencies because they simply have to survive or whatever that is, right? Whether it's, they don't have the economic resources to live as abundantly as they would like which is always rooted back to the consciousness on some level, or they have all the abundance in the world, all of the material possessions, but those things keep them distracted as well. Mm -hmm. And so that person that might be living in poverty and vibrates on a low frequency could look at a person with abundant material wealth and think that person has it all together. Those things aren't always, you know, related. And so, you know, for me, it's always been about 
education on all levels, not just the academic stuff, but the spiritual stuff, the things we can't see, how energy moves, um, how we connect with, you know, divine energy. That's kind of when you and I met, that's what it was about, right? I, I see you and I felt you, not just see you, but I felt you. I was like, this is someone who speaks my language so we can connect and then try to connect you to someone else, Arjuna, who you mentioned, who's providing healthy food in South Central LA. Um, I know that's your focus uh, or one of your focuses. So for me, it's just been about how do you make the spaces you occupy better? How do you make sure everybody eats, right? <laughs> We live in a world of lack. Even though we have all that we need, we live in a world of lack. Lack of empathy, lack of love, lack of opportunity, lack of resources, lack of connection, lack of vision, you know? And so when you can see that, you tend to want to either um, exploit it for your own personal good, or you wanna, you know, help other people see the light, so to speak, so that they can live more abundantly and that can show up yeah i work in hollywood as an actor but as a writer producer entrepreneur why i do real estate why you know i work with young people why I do anything why i write the types of things i write or produce because it's all with the intention of showing people how to vibrate higher how's that now you can talk back and i'm gonna eat some more um something you'd like well, that's actually rice noodles. Do you eat rice noodles? Yeah, my wife is Korean, so we make all we make this thing called duck gook, which is rice patties, uh, which is amazing uh, with a little bit of little bit of egg and anchovy. I don't know. They make the Koreans. They make it amazing, but they're little rice patties. But yeah, I, I eat the rice noodles and I eat the yam noodles, the glass noodles as well. Uh, which are delicious. Yeah, so let's roll back. Uh, higher uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which is kind of cutting edge psychology, you know, the people at the top of the pyramid that have their needs met are the only ones that can think for the rest, uh, according to uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And so um, I think it's up to us in the West uh, to really start to wrap our head around designing systems, not just for ourselves. I mean, I've, I've activated abundance factor, but also just look into we're only healthy to the degree we're conscious and we're only conscious to the degree we're healthy and 70% of the American people are obese or overweight right now. That tells me you are what you eat is an axiom that's not going away anytime ever. And so most people are being fed poison or inflaming their system. And 70% obesity rate is huge. One in two cancer, diabetes is 33%. Um, so, so yeah, we're only as aware as we are healthy and we are part of the environment. That's what my book is all about. I sent you the, the copy of the book. It's as above, so below. How do we expect the world to be healthy if we're not healthy ourselves? And I use the balance ball and the natural law of correspondence as above, so below as uh, an indicator for the book because I came out of the Amazon in 2006 and I saw the deforestation and the destruction and I saw the oil companies and the lumber companies and the agribusiness companies. Oil exploration was the number one deforestation component and the Indians naturally burn their own trees for charcoal and they use the forest. So I watched all the 
you know, the NGOs and the do-gooders and they're just like, hey, stop cutting the rainforest down. But we have a whole slew of people that are living off the rainforest. So how do we live symbiotically with our incredible thirst right now for oil and natural resources without displacing people? So I'm a solution-oriented uh, uh, human being, uh, oriented human being. And so I'm always thinking, you know, how do we get the solutions? How do I get the attention of the populace that has their, their, their needs met and then start moving forward in agreement? And again, my platform is air, clean air, water, soil, and equitable systems for all mankind in my lifetime. So however it shakes out. People think you're a socialist? Well, I mean, they can try and go down that road, but then I just point out to them with, uh, uh, corporate subs subsidi subsidies, we have what's called corporate welfare, and that's a form of socialism. So right. don't come at me with the socialism. And no, I'm beyond uh, any kind of dystopian socialism, Marxism, or any of that, but I do believe that we can create... There's four needs for human beings. Uh, water, food, shelter, and fire. Fire represents uh, um, technology, so that could be a car transporting goods and services or communication devices like this. Four human needs. Everything else is a want, and we have the technology to serve mankind for that right now. Permaculture will feed the whole entire world. We throw away as much food as we manufacture in in United States. In Los Angeles, we have one in four chi children is uh, food deprived. So we can solve our problems. We just have to build systems around it that aren't intertwined. Well, that goes back to the consciousness, right? You know. We're living at an incredible time where the world has felt the pain of a black man, which tapped into their own pain and frustration. People take to the streets in the middle of a pandemic and potentially put their lives at risk because the need is so great to be heard. Mm -hmm. And it does come down to those four things. And I think that COVID showed us that we kind of don't really need much more than what we have, right? If you had shelter, if you had food, sorry for all the movement, um, you were good, right? You felt secure, um, and a lot of people didn't even have those basic needs being met. And so I'm with you, man. I, all my life, this is all I've really cared about. Like, how do you make sure every child at the table gets to eat? There were six kids in my family. Three of us didn't just eat, and the other three, you know, two didn't just eat. I've never understood, to your point, we have all the resources we need to feed everyone, but we don't let that be the case, that everyone gets what they need. Greed, capitalism, those are byproducts. Well, one feeds the other, right? Because there's a lot of people who are into capitalism, myself included, but I'm definitely about making a dollar or mm -hmm. 10 or million, whatever. And I don't see any limit to what I can do. Um, but then there are those that just want to think selfishly and hoard it all for themselves as if that's the marker of a great human being. And to me, if you have it, give it away. And to your point about how do you get those that have their needs met, you know, think more altruistically, um, peer-to-peer -peer education and influence is the greatest of all, right? And so when people, like I have a, a friend who's actually also a business partner, 
he considers himself a compassionate capitalist. He's a billionaire. We've been on these Zoom calls We've, even before this, like even why he's invested in a film that I directed um, about real estate in New York City. Um, the project called I Build New York, which is all about how do we make sure that these kids that live right down the block in the projects from a you know billion dollar development that's going up, how do those people in that community get equity in this city that they have no ownership of? that shape that's changing around them. You know, people like Scott Reckler, who's the person I'm talking about of RXR Realty here in New York, he understands that. And so he's like, okay, I'm a partner with you to make sure that, you know, you have what you need so you can tell these stories and help bring more people that look like you into this business, which is, you know, one of my other businesses, real estate development. And so, um, more of that and it's accelerating you know i've been on zoom calls with him since you know the protests where he's actively looking for you know individuals or organizations to help fund and create sustainability to your point um about making sure that everyone has what they need mm -hmm. it, people like him for sure because there's only you know some like 1500 billionaires in america or something like that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know most of them know each other mm -hmm. and those that really are moving the needle like to affect us all it's people like that having connections with people like me having connections with people like yourself uh that is certainly part of the the solution um but you know we this is our inheritance man these problems didn't start with us and our generation mm -hmm. we're just trying to do the best we can for our kids and our kids 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 and you know take it up as a purpose for it's chosen us yeah, was it was it Gil Scott Heron that said that the the revolution won't be uh, televised? Te televised, but revolution no, will not be televised. I I postulate that the evolution will be digitized, and it's happening right now. It's happening right now, bro. You know, it's happening right now. Both things are happening at the same time, right? There's definitely a leap forward for consciousness. Mm -hmm. Mitch McConnell, bro. Mitch McConnell today. What did he say? That they were wrong. Mm. They need to listen to the people. Mm. He turns to his one black friend, one black Republican, and says, what do you think, Jerry? I don't know the dude's name. But, dude, do you understand how huge that is? Mitch McConnell admitted to being wrong? I mean, look. That's what happens when a, when a dictator, you know, Trump the dictator, he's trying to dictate. You know, the general rebuked his moves. All the folks around him were starting to go, you know what? Roger Goodell, Trump, you know, had a hissy fit when Kaepernick took a knee and, you know, slammed Roger Goodell. Now the rest of the world. So we are witnessing a shift in consciousness right before us. Profound. Yeah, there, there's so much going on. I mean, there's so many new revelations happening um, daily i i can't even pay attention to uh them all um so my question to you is um you know what is our responsibility as as, as men moving forward um i mean if we're not if the politicians have gotten us so far if society's gotten us so far we we the people it's up to us what what are some of the next moves in awareness and consciousness elevating that we can help the community with? How can we solve our own problems? Well, you know, hopefully 
you know, <laughs> so many ideas are popping in my head, right? The, I, the concept of like, mind your business, right? That's the world we have kind of lived in. You need to mind your business. Leave that up to them. You're an actor. Don't speak out. You're a fucking athlete. Don't speak out. You're black. Don't speak out. You're white. Don't speak out. You're fat. Don't speak out. You're tall. Like, that's the kind of overriding messages that people live with, right? And so they go, ah, all right, I'm not going to say anything because I don't think that's really my place or I shouldn't. Even little things like seeing someone be rude in front of you, right? People see, you know, the implicit biases in, you know, a woman told a story I posted. I mean, a woman told a story I was, I didn't post it, but I saw a post about a woman telling a story about um, she was in the elevator. She greeted the two young white couples that came, she's a black woman, two young white couples that came on as she descended. Uh, then the third stop, old elderly white couple gets on. She says hello to them as well. They don't respond. When the elevator gets to the ground floor, everyone leaves. The older man sticks his umbrella out, said, he's actually, he says, ladies first, the older man. Mm -hmm. The two white women exit, the black woman goes to exit, he sticks his umbrella in her way, and it says, I said, ladies first. The two women that walked out that she had just greeted in the elevator said nothing and kept it moving. In those moments, when you witness some bullshit like that and you choose to say, I'm going to mind my business, that's a fucking problem. Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a so big problem. Hopefully, this moment we're living in, everybody could join those of us that have already been in the give a fuck business. I've always told people, I'm the CEO of I Give a Fuck Incorporated. Mm. So I'm always minding other people's business because their business is my business in that I see their humanity. And mm -hmm. so whether you're homeless, whether you're gay, whether you're trans, whether you're incarcerated, whether you're poor, whether you're rich, whoever you are, right? I can still see your humanity. So I, as the CEO of I Give a Fuck Incorporated, if I see you in need, or I see a gap in understanding, whatever it might be, then I'm going to do something within my power to facilitate that. And hopefully this moment helps people who feel now that they're enlisted into something. The protest, the revolution, the evolution, they need a playbook for a lot of people, right? Because they don't know what to do. People wanna do stuff, right? But they don't always know what to do. So those of us who have vision and have been in positions of leadership, and I don't consider myself just you know a leader in the black community i happen to serve all of humanity mm. um definitely black folks can recognize who i am and the love is there but my work has been international and you know multicultural my entire life the actor part has always been there since i was a kid but the community activist part since i'm 16 years old mm. like working in communities working in schools after school programs tutoring kids putting you know social programs together i got beaten up by four white cops in new york when i was like 20 22 years old mm. right trying to break up a fight in the street i tapped the cop on the shoulder because i got separated from my girlfriend who was this peruvian woman who presents as you know gr green eyes blondish hair but she's latina right um and we know that latinos 
can go either way, which is a whole other story in terms of how they are perceived and treated by law enforcement. In this case, she was given preferential treatment where I got literally pounced on just for tapping a, a captain on the shoulder to say, excuse me, she's with me. And I got thrown on the hood of a police car, manhandled, roughed up, handcuffed, put in a, you know, in a, in a, in a cruiser, taken to the precinct and charged with disorderly conduct. Mm. Um, but I had an opportunity to take that issue up with the police commissioner because mm. of the work I was doing with young people, which led to working with the police academy to work on sensitivity training. This is in my early 20s. I'm 52, as I mentioned, right? So mm. not to toot my own horn, but this has been a passion of mine my entire life. How do you serve something bigger than yourself? And so I think it's wonderful that people are now starting to feel like, I can be involved. So specific to some of the stuff I'm in terms of moving forward, you know, one of the things that I'm really interested in is a truth and reconciliation uh, commission for the United States. You mentioned Ubuntu in South Africa. Well, they've had one, Japan has had one, Germany has had one, Rwanda, they've been all over the world. United States has never had one. Mm. And so I think even having a Mitch McConnell admit that they were wrong, that's the first time I saw that white man tell the truth. Mm. Everything else that comes out of his mouth, as far as I'm being concerned, is like, you're full of shit because you have this lying ass white man in the White House and you will never, ever, 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 ever call him out on his, his, his lies. So what do we do moving forward? We tell the fucking truth because white men have been lying forever. And then the reason why Trump is in silence is because other white men are saying, well, that's what we all do. We know that this is a fucking farce since the 11 men that wrote the constitution all had at least two, 3,000 slaves among them. Uh, do, you also, do you also know the story that they co-opted the majority of the constitution from the Iroquois Confederacy and the divine feminine yeah. component that was left out? Yeah. We give them a little, we give them a little break because, you know, most of those dudes were young, right? Weren't they pretty young when they, <laughs> they were ignorant. They, they weren't, you know, but I don't know, man, we can go on and on, but I just think that the work has to continue. The, the number one question people are asking is what happens next? Where do we go from here? And I think just continue to do the work, man. Continue to stay in the give and fuck business. Continue to serve something bigger than yourself. Continue to educate yourself, ask questions, stay curious. That's the biggest part. Mm -hmm. It's a lack of curiosity. Mm. If people remain curious, which starts waning in human beings around 12, mm -hmm. believe it or not, where kids become a little less, hey, what's that, what's that? As anybody who's raised teenagers knows that 12, 13, 14, they don't want to talk, they get all in their own head. But if we could remain curious as adults mm -hmm. and continue to ask questions as opposed to making statements and declarations, ask questions. Why do you feel that way? How do you see things? How do you think I feel? Tell me about your traumas, where a lot of this stuff lies, right? Everyone's walking around with their traumas anyway, like mm -hmm. the individual, <laughs> whatever that might be. And so we don't always have time for other people's pain. Well, but and once I, and what, and once the honeymoon's over, you get to deal with the shadow, whether it's in business or, or love relationships. Yeah, yeah. And you know, 
I've been swimming in my traumas a long time and talking about them, not knowing as a younger person how healing that was. Mm. I used to think I just had diarrhea of the mouth and I talked too much. You leave conversations, go, damn, I can't believe I told those people that shit. <sighs> but then they do it again. So given the traumas I've been through, by the time I actually addressed them, a decent amount of work was already done just by talking about it. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? So I'm sitting out here, it's starting to rain. I might have to go inside. Well, what po- people don't, that, that's fine. Uh, what people mo- don't realize is, is because you've had the camera on your, your life so much, I know this is what happened with me being in front of the camera. There's a lot of introspection. Hold on, I really need to move now, the rain's coming. Yeah. The only thing I was saying is, is uh, there's a little bit of introspection. You have the camera on you. Right. But usually you want to keep your facade shined up. You want to get some semblance of health and peace and harmony, um, usually in front of the camera. And that makes you do a lot of your inner work. Did you find that in your career? Um, well, it led you on, to me, the deeper me, parts of yourself? Since we're recording this, let me... Uh get to a better place yeah face the light baby face the light let's see hold on let me uh face the light you talking to a man who works in film yeah yeah baby it's all about that uh digital candy gotta have it look good baby uh, all right, we got a little more light. That look good, good enough for you? Hold on. You look good, man. All right. You can't see the star in my eye. That's good. I'll take that glass of water, please. Thank you. All right. Star in the <laughs> eye. You're probably not gonna. You're probably not gonna like my natural medicine plug on that, but you should use some urine. The urine will get rid of that. Just put fresh urine right on it. You know what's, I think, did someone tell me? I know, um, okay, I'm gonna do that. The styes are a pain in the ass. You might as well, you might as well try it. You can also do a, um, you can do a hot compress with uh, salt and it'll make it sweat. Yeah, no, I have, uh, I've been doing that. And I also have this little product actually that I got before uh, when I had one uh, called Goodbye or Good Eye. Goodbye, style or something like that, which yeah. actually works. It's like an oil based. Yeah. It's all stress related. I had one last year and I did a lot of research on it. So get some rest. Was that your first one? I think it was actually yeah. in my 50s. Um, anyways, did we get a little sidetrack? Well, we were talking about how in front of the camera can make you look introspective because you want your outward presentation. I know for long careers, me and my friends, We've gone through a lot of people end up taking care of themselves. You start taking care of the outer, you start realizing, oh, there's an inner too, and and there's some deep spiritual work that can be done. Did that happen with you in your career? I mean, I came into it already. Like for me, I, I feel like um Is that your mom? Yeah, she's Hi. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> Is I'm down here. You're, you're an awesome you're an awesome mom i love your son i know he's wonderful <laughs> um for me i feel the blessing well you know speaking of my mother actually um 
I got turned on to Buddhism when I was 16 years old. Um, the chanting specifically of Nam Myoho Renge Kyo, even though I was born Muslim. Um, as a kid, I never felt I connected with Islam. I just always had a problem with, you know, a God I couldn't see. As a, and Islam, certainly the way we were raised, um, my father was very strict, right? So as a kid, and growing up in a Judeo-Christian society, you already are at odds with everyone around you, just ideologically. Um, so Buddhism made sense to me because it was based on the law of causality, the law of cause and effect, right? And so every action has a reaction. And so the chanting of Nam Myoho Renge Kyo and putting your intention on a vibration and then seeing things manifest for me as a 16, 17, 18 year old, I felt like I had the magic wand. I, I literally did to be so young to chant for very specific things that would manifest in my life. And I was like, oh shit. And so um, I came into the business as an adult with an understanding of that, right? And, and there was always a desire to keep my thoughts, which lead to my actions, right? Um, and obviously the consequences in a positive place. So you have like this innate desire to just help people and be of service and a sense of always do the fucking right thing, dude. <laughs> just like be kind, even though I'm not perfect and I don't always do the right thing and I make mistakes and I'm flawed like everyone else. But I think, so there was never that kind of existential moment in the career where you're like, well, who am I? And what's really like, it was always like, I'm doing this to be of service, mm. right? Like when my first big film, Cool Runnings, we were the first time Disney ever had four black guys in a movie. So on set, we already knew like, yo, we're representing something Disney has never done. Mm. So mind you, you know, be on your P's and Q's and, you know, show up on time, know your lines, do the right thing represent properly. Mm -hmm. That was a consciousness that we had doing that movie. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I did New York Undercover, my first series. And I was a cop and I was a father mm -hmm. on a TV show at 26 years old. Mm -hmm. I took that very seriously. And, and mm -hmm. how do I represent this love between a father and a son? And be, how, what am I going to communicate to the public? So everything from the types of props or the type of business I would do in a scene, whether it's cooking with my kid as opposed to what was scripted, my character cooks a TV dinner. I'm like, nah, get real vegetables and, and, mm. and, 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 and you know, meat, whatever it was, chicken, whatever it was, and let's prepare a meal. So, because that's a cause that's going to have a, you know, reaction, yeah. an effect, right? And people are going to see that. And, and they did that. So for me, it's, it's, um, I'm actually having a similar, I'm having a moment now, like at 52, like really like taking a deep, hard look at the journey and the choices and the conflicts and the obstacles in my life. And, you know, those, I just had a therapy session on Friday night with my, with my ex-girlfriend. We've been broken up a year mm -hmm. and we, we still talk and we were still working through our stuff, taking accountability for how we got to where we got to, knowing we needed a third party uh, to just process with us. Um, 
even though we're not together and the intention isn't necessarily to be back together. It's just like, yeah, I don't know if I told you since we met though, you know, I went through a divorce, right? Since uh, we met with your wife? Well, no, I, I was divorced when we met and um, we started working on the book together. Uh, she's a designer. She went to Parsons um, and uh, we went down to an ayahuasca center, a five-star ayahuasca center in Costa Rica. I was doing media down there for them, media exchange. And we were already getting closer together. And my single prayer was to, uh, you know, have peace and harmony with her, regardless if we were together or not. I actually had never intention of getting remarried to her. I remarried her on ayahuasca in the jungle in October. It's all in the book, man. Wait till you, I can't wait for you to read it. It starts out with Tupac Shakur and Donatella Versace in 96, a month before he died. So, and it brings you up into real time. And Is that when you were modeling? Well, yeah, it goes back. It goes back 30, 40 years all the way. I was incarcerated as a youth. And anyways, the book is, is, it's got a lot of great stories, but we got remarried and we're doing work with our spiritual advisors weekly, daily. She's doing all her inner work, which she wasn't doing before between hypnosis and working with ayahuasca and plant medicine. Yeah. So I applaud you for, you know, working with your, 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 is it your ex-girlfriend or whatever the case may be? It just, we, uh, that was my lady for the last, uh, from 2016 to 2019, yeah, three years. So we still love each other very much and have always said, no matter what happens, we're always going to be in each other's life. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, it's the work, right? And that's one of the things like, where do we go from here? Two things I'm focused on, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission and education. Like, we have an opportunity to radically, um, you know, turn around education. Yeah, we defund the police, refund motherfucking education system because that's the greatest national security issue is fucking lack of education. We got a bunch of... Dumbass motherfuckers walking around because they aren't educated. Well, right? and I, Malik, and I postulate we need self-care education. You need well, to know how to of, take care of the liver, the kidneys, the blood, the skin, the gut, which is the brain. I mean, that's the foundation because that's what Gandhi says, become the change. When we have, when you're taking care of this real estate right here, we have the potential from there to actually holistically help something else but yeah, yeah. unless we got this on lockdown how much help can we really be yeah i'm, I'm actually gonna have you uh i'm gonna add you to the list for the people that i'm gonna do on this initial call so i've got people from like the new york state uh, health commissioner uh, another friend of mine who's a doctor i've got my my good friend the real estate developer got a guy from bank of america that's they're, you know they're giving a billion dollars over the next four years um so I'm having people from finance, from real estate, health, criminal justice reform, education, and media as part of Killer. the core group of people who are already doing work, right, in the spaces, conscious work. Um, and, you know, we aren't going to be the only folks in the world that are talking about these things, but we want to be able to contribute to those conversations in a very meaningful way. And, and that's the proactive approach to like, well, what do we do now? Fucking get more busy. That's right. 
Like I've been more inspired during COVID in the last two, three weeks than I was. I was starting to come out of my like funk of like, what the fuck is this extended vacation bullshit? Like, yeah. I'm not used to moving this slow. I'm like, so in the last few weeks, it's recalibrating and, you know, starting a podcast. So I'm mm. on my third episode next uh, Friday we, we'll do where it's called Craft Service, where we, um, it's a friend of mine, Elena Huffman and I, she's not an actor. And we uh, interview people in our business um, through the lens of film and social justice issues or mm. just issues, theme, the themes are, it could be social justice, it could be love, relationships, whatever it is. But through the lens of film, we talk about um, deep and important and pressing issues, self-care, whatever it might be. Um, so that's been a lot of fun. And, you know, we play games and, and just have found a really entertaining way to talk about movies and what we do uh, in, a, in a thoughtful and meaningful way. Um, so that's been fun. And uh, yeah, man, just getting busy, bro. Sweet. So why don't we wrap it up? Because I know you've got other meetings. Uh, you know, how's your family doing? How's, how's your mom? I see your mom there. I know Thank you're you. trying to stay healthy. You're eating clean. Uh, how's your family? Like, like let's, let's bring it home a little bit more and then we'll end it. Yeah. Uh, you know, the family is, we're, mom has Alzheimer's. I'll just be straight up with that. Uh, so that's been a trip. Like, so she's here because I'm a caregiver, mm. especially during this time of COVID, you know, she lives alone. She's lived alone mm. and that can't be the case anymore. Mm. So between myself and my sister, we hold it down. Um, along with my 19 year old that's with me. Mm -hmm. um, I have three kids, uh, 22, 18, 22 and 18 year old. There's a whole, we can do this whole other, a whole other episode, but um, I will say it this way. Um, they're in, they're making different choices these days. Um, and so um, they're with their mom. Well, one is in Paris and the other, he lives with, his, with, with their mom. Um, but it's interesting. It's an interesting time, family-wise, with that question. Because as a parent, speaking of vibrations and all those things, um, accountability is a serious thing. Mm -hmm. And so we can be in relationships. You mentioned you and your ex-wife, right? Mm -hmm. You, She's your wife again, and she's now doing the work mm -hmm. she wasn't willing to do before. Mm -hmm. And unless you do the work, you usually are doing this kind of thing to people. You, 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 and you did this, and you didn't do that, and then so my kids have been drinking that for a long time, and now it's coming out as they're a little bit older in ways that I didn't expect because as a parent who understands other ways of thinking, you know the value of making sure that you're making causes constantly to instill like the values of accountability, and here are actual conflict resolution. Um, skill sets so you, you can navigate those uncomfortable places without wigging the fuck out or accusing people of shit and really being able to step back and you know um just as an fyi i got a native american who's awesome he uses marshall rosenberg's um nonviolent communication and this guy will hold anybody's feet to the fire so if you need a consultant i got your guy this guy's yeah. This Listen, guy's I, awesome. 
as long as people are willing to do it. You got to be willing to do the work, bro. Look, even Mitch McConnell said we were wrong. Like that, my mind is blown what that means. All the folks around this fascist in the White House are beginning to say, no, 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 no. That's, he's going to be the only one. I'm right. Everybody else is wrong. That's what it's like, actually. People like that. That's what happens when it goes unchecked. You end up like Trump. Everybody in the world is wrong but you. You're the smartest person in the, in the room. You know more. You're more successful. Everybody else is beneath you because you know it all. Like, God, his, his NLP is on point, though, isn't it? NLP? You study NLP? What is Neuro, that? Neuro-linguistic programming, pre-framing. Um, it's, it's all the aspects of psychological marketing. Joel Bauer probably has some of the best. He trained Tony Robbins, the Wolf of Wall Street. Neuro-linguistic programming, he's repetitive on what he wants everybody to uh, think and understand about what he's doing. His, his NLP is, 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 is phenomenal. It's, it's, it's mind-blowing. It's basically, you know, you're, it's, it's what's happening in television advertising. It's what's happened in media for, for well, so long. They're repeating know, their narrative. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know there was a, a name for that, but it's, I've always pointed to that being the one good thing about him. I'm like, if nothing else, what Trump believes, he fucking makes happen. Like, he does. And that there's one that <laughs> doesn't care what the narrative is. You're going to lose. No, I'm not. Nope. And people, people need that. They do need to take some of that. That belief that you can do whatever. Because, you know, there's so many people who don't believe that they can achieve the things that are in their heart. But that's, cor- that's correct. And that's one of the number one things I, I, I teach. Whatever the mind can conceive and believe, we can achieve. And I believe that we can ground peace on earth, on the planet, no different from the Wright brothers wanting to fly like an eagle, utilizing alchemy or neoplatonic philosophy, speaking into existence that which we desire from our heart and programming the mind as a tool. Sounds like a good button on our, our little conversation, bro. So I can prepare for the next one. Yeah, do that. And let's just stay in touch. Let me know that you got the book. And then I'm going to send you out a t-shirt as well. And God bless you and your family. Thank you so much for this discussion. Let's stay in close contact, man. Good to talk to you, man. Glad we were able to make it happen. God bless. Yeah, peace. Thanks for watching, guys. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. And then check in the description box. All the programs that I have to take your health and consciousness to the next level is in the link below.